Hey, Trails Collective, welcome to Voices from the Collective, a podcast coming to you from the mouth of the East Coast in upstate New York. I'm your host, Ellie Pell. Today on the show, we've got another up-and-comer who is making waves in the sport. Sarah Beal comes to us from Ohio, which is technically on the East Coast. Or, well, it's on the East. She has quite the running pedigree and jumped to the marathon right after college, having success immediately at the Columbus Marathon, where she qualified for the Olympic trials in a time of 2.44. I had the privilege to run with Sarah at Bandera last month, and she is a gunner, I'll tell you what. I am so excited to see new faces entering our sport and post-collegiate runners translating their speed onto the trails. I really think this will continue to propel us forward. This episode is sponsored by Pierogies. Both Sarah and I have a mutual affection for these little pockets of warm, soft love. They are about the size of your standard gel, about the same number of calories, and offer a portable, savory food perfect to prevent the flavor fatigue that sometimes happens toward the later stages of ultras. I'd have to say I love a classic farmer cheese, but I've also tried the buffalo chicken, sauerkraut, and I would be lying if I told you Mrs. T's cheddar chive potato didn't help me survive my first 100K. Whatever your flavor preference, pick up some pierogies the next time you're in Wegmans and fuel yourself like the Polish queen you are. Sarah Beal, welcome to the pod. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. So uh, you were a little bit late tonight, which is completely fine. We were just talking that um, you were late because you were doing a workout, and that's always the best reason to be late to things. So uh, what was the workout? Yeah. Um. So uh, right now I uh, am in a speed phase. Uh uh, some VO2 max stuff. So I had uh, some minute runs, three minutes hard, three minutes easy. Uh, I did the same workout a couple days ago. So I will say my legs were uh, pretty sore going into it, but I think that was the purpose of the second workout this week. Oh, I love that. Want to know why this is really coincidental. Um, so I actually have that workout tomorrow. And I actually did a similar oh, one a okay. couple days ago. Uh, so I think we're in like the same, like, oh, this is great. We're like syncing up our cycles in a totally different way. <laughs> so um, are you coached? Uh-oh, I think we lost her. So we're kind of doing, uh, I guess, similar stuff. Um, are you coached? Yes, I am. I'm coached by Michael Owen. Uh, he's actually an alumni of the same, um, the same college I went to. Oh, okay. That's, that's really neat. Um, did you, so you are, you've got a great running pedigree, so I guess we can just start there. Um, you did run in college and like five time all American. So, uh, yeah. Why don't we just start at the beginning? Where, when did you start running? Uh, so I, 
I started running track my freshman year high school, but before that, I was in just about every sport possible uh, growing up. I all softball, uh, you name it. And the common thing, um, I don't know, I guess that I was good at, the one thing that kept me off the bench really in all of the sports was uh, just a simple fact that I, I didn't get tired. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, running was there from a young age, but just manifested in different sports. And then finally got introduced, um, into it in track, uh, my freshman year. And then, um, my teammate, my high school and college teammate, Jeremy Anderson, uh, he convinced me my freshman year of track, one of the, the last couple races to, uh, uh, come out for the cross country team. And at the time he was, uh, the best runner that I, I had uh, known. I mean, I didn't know a lot about running at the time. I didn't know any professionals or anything. And he was the the best runner in the league, uh, in our area. And, and I thought to myself, you know, if the best runner in the area is, uh, telling me that I have potential and I should go out for the cross country team, then I think it'd be stupid not to. Um, and then that's where my love for running uh, definitely grew was cross country my sophomore year and uh, then continued on uh, at Shawnee State um, in college. Oh, that's pretty rad. I love stories of just somebody, you know, believing in you at a young age. And I mean, whether or not he actually saw anything, it's just sometimes those words of encouragement just sort of really stick with you. Uh, is there any other point in your trajectory where you can think like, oh, that, that moment was something that was really like, it really sort of changed the course of what I was doing. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, my, my college coach, uh, for, for many years, uh, there were moments like that. I think after, uh, after college at Shawnee, um, I was kind of trying to decide, where to go, what, uh, what to do. Um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to continue running competitively, but I was a little bit lost and, and he was the one, uh, that came up with the idea, you know, that I should try to qualify for the Olympic trials. Uh, before that, I, that wasn't really on my radar. Uh, so that was kind of another thing, um, gave me a goal, uh, and someone else that, that believed in me and, um, and thought that I could accomplish, uh, something, um, something big. And so I kind of, uh, went for it and, uh, that just progressed my competitiveness after college. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of college runners still the marathon even just seems so long. So how long, uh, how many years out of college were you when you decided to start to try to train for the marathon? So two, I, um, I started with a half marathon the fall after I graduated, uh, with my first degree from Shawnee. And, uh, after the half, I was like, well, that was really hard, but I, I guess I might as well try the marathon thing. Uh, so the next fall in the same, um, it was actually the Columbus half that I did first. And then the next fall I did the Columbus full. All right. Okay. So, um, and then how many marathons did it take for you to qualify? 
too. Uh, again, the next year, I again, I really like the Columbus. And it, so it was my second one that I qualified. That's pretty cool. Um, in college, did you, what was the training structure? Like, I mean, did you, did you have to bump up your mileage gradually or is it, it was, it was Shawnee state, a higher mileage program, or did you just sort of take to that? Like what was sort of the trajectory? Um, so I guess my, my freshman year of, uh, college, I was kind of my biggest and only knock on wood, uh, injury that, uh, kind of kept me out for uh, a month or so. Um, so my freshman year, I was probably doing lower mileage, uh, just coming back from that injury than I had in high school or right around the same. Um, but after that, I, I was really a, a, a progression and it was kind of, uh, based on, you know, the person and what, if we wanted to add on extra mileage, if we were more of a high mileage, uh, you know, person, or we could add on a little bit more, but it, it really was based on, on who you were, what you thought uh, was best for you. And I, I progressed my, my sophomore year, I kind of got back into things and, um, and then by my senior year, I was doing more mileage than I ever had. And then since then, I've just tried to progress each year. Not, not by anything crazy though. I was never a, a super high mileage uh, person in college, um, but uh, slow progression. What was your injury freshman year? Uh, IT band. I actually had uh, IT band on, I think the left was first and then overcompensated and started to feel better on the left and then got it in the right. Uh, so little, little rough uh, start to my college career. Yeah, but it seems to have really like uh, been very uh, instrumental because you just, you said you haven't gotten injured since. So what did you learn and how have you kept yourself injury free? I think the progression, the slow progression, um, of mileage and always making sure that after a bigger, uh, a race, um, afterwards taking some downtime and then slowly progressing back up. Um, it's just each year, has been a little bit uh, more of a high mileage uh, uh, we maximum, I guess. Um, but just not not trying to overdo it, and definitely listening to my body. And I think uh, my professional career, as well as a physical therapist assistant, has helped um, just kind of know what to look for and and what to work on, and uh, really. Um, just any little sign of anything flaring up, uh, trying to, to take it head on and, and not make it become anything serious. Yeah. Um, you being a physical therapy assistant, I'm very interested in all the extra drills that you do. So I know for me, like staying injury free, I make sure to do strength training and mobility drills and things like every day, all the time, like foam rolling, all the stuff. Um, so what are some things that you make sure that you do for yourself personally? And then I guess maybe what things do you think that runners should just make sure to get in every week? 
personally, I, I really struggle. Um, just my mobility is is pretty awful. I, I'm constantly um, tight, so I make sure uh, no matter what time of day it is. Um, sometimes I even prioritize it over sleep. Uh, which runs into a few problems. But uh, anyways, um, I, I'm always making sure that I'm rolling out, stretching. Uh, I think I have about every mobility uh, tool possible um, at this point. Uh, sorry, Sarah, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you repeat what you just said? For me, that's that's a main persistence band, um, but like uh, a lot of core and what was that? Oh, um, you sorry. Back to uh, you said that you sometimes prioritize stretching and rolling over sleep, and then you started to break up a little bit. Can you just repeat what you said after that? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I definitely um try to to roll out as much as possible i think i have just about every mobility uh tool possible foam roller massage gun uh, you name it um just because that's that's a really big thing for me um but also uh trying trying to incorporate um resistance band hip strengthening and that's what i, I think that's really important for uh, a lot of runners is the core um, hip strengthening, especially female runners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I honestly, like, I mean, I prioritize sleep above um, probably everything else, but, um, I, uh, definitely, I love, I look forward to like foam rolling now. It just feels so good when I don't do it. Like it, my body just doesn't feel like it's right. <laughs> Exactly. And it's, it's honestly a way for me to like unwind at night. Uh, that's what I do right before bed is just, uh, I roll out and watch some TV and, and it's just kind of part of the routine now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, on your Olympic trials bio, it says that your favorite book is let your mind run by Dina Castor. And that's one of my favorite books as well. I thought it was written very uh, it, I think I read it in a very good time. Like my mind was very open to that kind of thing. And it's just, it's also written really well. Dina's just the queen. Um, so what in particular made that book so impactful for you? I think, and I, I read it, um, right around the time, uh, bef right before the, uh, Olympic trials and, uh, which was honestly perfect timing. Um, but I think, she just talks a lot about uh, mental toughness and uh, how just having a, a good attitude um, just changes. Uh, the, it, it can completely change the outlook um, and the outcome of your race or your workout or even just a, a regular run. I know. Um, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not perfect with this at all. I mean, I, I definitely have have days. Uh, I mean, throughout the week on a weekly basis. Uh, where after work, uh, a run or a workout, I'm, uh, I'm just almost feeling sorry for myself and, and um, kind of counting myself out before it even starts. And I am you know, tired. Uh, I mean, I, I work um, on my feet all day long and, and uh, a mentally and physically demanding job. And so I'm, I'm exhausted before my workout even starts sometimes. Um, 
what I've tried to refocus and, and, um, and tell myself is, you know, I'm working out, I'm having to run hard on tired legs and at a tired mind. And, and that sounds so familiar. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it is when you're, um, in the, in the middle or towards an end of an ultra or a marathon or anything, uh, your tired legs, tired mind, and you're having to still push hard. So just kind of having a positive spin on it, like, well, this is actually, um, good training. I, you know, I'm, I'm training after work and I'm already tired. Like what better scenario? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I just listened to a couple podcasts with the, the golden T- ticket winners at, um, black Canyon and they, uh, Taylor Nolan is a nurse. And then Jeff Colt, he's like always on his feet. And, um, I too, in my past, like just before this past year, I was managed a cafe. So I was always on my feet. And I do think it was very helpful early in my ultra running career as I was learning like how to train and how to make my body more durable. Um, and then in this past year, I've been uh, finishing my kinesiology degree as a student and I've actually been able to rest more often. And I actually think now that's actually benefiting me too. So I think there are both things, you know, you need to, I think it's, it's great. Like it's obviously been very, uh, working for you and for all of us, I guess, but how do you make sure that you get in the rest that you need? Um, and that, is, I mean, it, I will say that is, I think the thing I struggle with the most is because I'm, I'm fitting so much in, uh, throughout my days. Um, but I definitely, um, on the weekends, I, I make sure that I am, uh, prioritizing sleep even more. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better about, uh, my sleep routine in, in the middle of the week as well. Um, just making sure I, I have more of a routine set up, um, more things planned out. Uh, so I'm not spending a lot of time in the evenings, you know, setting up things for the next day or a lot of time in the morning, early mornings, getting ready for the day ahead. Like just, trying to be more organized. Um, and also on the weekends, uh, so when I do my, my long trail runs and sometimes if I'm feeling a little extra tired, I I sleep in a little bit more. And I mean, I start my runs a little bit later. I start around 10 or 11, uh, just because sometimes my body needs the rest more than starting at that at at seven or 8am in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so important. Um, were there times when your mental strength wasn't so good? And, um, what, like, how did you overcome those kind of things? Yeah, I, one time really in particular, I mean, like I said, like I said, throughout the week, I definitely, I I have my ups and downs and, um, good days and bad days. Uh, so I'm constantly, uh, battling with that. Um, but not, not as bad. That's, that's a pretty easy, uh, turnaround, um, just kind of, uh, mental check for uh, a big time in particular was right after I graduated, uh, from Shawnee and I w- was no longer on the cross country team. And I was trying to, to figure out kind of what was next before my coach had mentioned, uh, shooting for the Olympic trials. And I, I knew I wanted to run competitively, uh, but I, I didn't know w- what direction to take. Uh, in college, everything's laid out for you. You're going to have, uh, this schedule for the next year. Um, and you show up to practice 
you run with a team and then you go home. And then after college, I, I was struggling. I remember one workout in particular, I, I just kind of came up with it on my own, um, did some type of tempo and I, I stopped like, I think two miles in and I just sat on a curb and cried. And I was like, what am I doing? Uh, where am I going from here? Like, why am I doing this? Uh, I have no plan. And, um, I, I think I did a, a cool down home. I just stopped it there. And, uh, when I got home, I, I made a plan. I, I set up kind of my goals and, and organized things more, um, just so I had something to look forward to a big goal. And, uh, I think I actually registered for a race that day, uh, just to give myself like a timeline. I love that because organization really helps me too. There's just something so not obsessive. Like I'm really, I'm not an obsessive organizer, but just when like things seem like, okay, I might not know what direction this is going to go, but I have some sort of idea of like how I will survive no matter what way it goes. Exactly. Exactly. And and even now, um, if I have a bad outcome of a race, I mean, after a Bandura, I actually on the plane, I, I, uh, <laughs> registered for a, a race in the spring, um, just because, and I, and I gave myself time to rest after that and, um, just kind of f- figure out what went wrong and all of that. Um, but I needed something, um, in the future, uh, to look forward to and to plan ahead. So I didn't get all, didn't get wrapped up in, uh, and things that didn't go uh, exactly as planned. Uh, so that's just kind of how I think when things don't go well, how I, I cope and I, I move forward is I plan something uh, big and something to, to focus on next. That's really healthy the way that I think you said it. I mean, it's funny. Cause like the last time I DNF'd, uh, it was just awful. And I just remember like rage crying, driving home. And then I like, yeah. that's when I like signed up for my next race, but it wasn't like, it wasn't really revenge or redemption. It was more like, I know yeah. how fit I am and I'd like to use this. Um, exactly. and so I like that you, you know, you still were giving yourself the time off. Like it wasn't, I mean, cause you still ran like 50 miles, uh, <laughs> but you also were already like, okay, let's, let's just keep moving forward. You know, that's not going to define me. Exactly. And, and that was honestly, um, Bandera was my first ever DNF. Uh, so there was a lot to unpack there. I took a week off. Um, but, and I, I knew that I needed to focus on, uh, on kind of recovering mentally and physically from that. Uh, but I also wanted something else, uh, to plan ahead. And, mm-hmm. and it just, that, that helped so much. Yeah. Um, Cause, because well, with Bandera, we can talk, we talk about that because your first 100 K you're coming off an amazing performance at JFK. Like, uh, that was incredible, Sarah, like a six twenty two. you were right behind Thank the other Sarah, you. Sarah Cummings. Um, and then after like not doing as well in 2020, um, with like getting off course and stuff, um, let's, well, actually let's first talk about JFK. So why did you decide to go back in 2021? Well, I definitely had some unfinished business. Uh, so in 2020, that was my first ever always K and, uh, it, it's kind of funny to be set for ultra. And of course I did all of like 
the first time one for one um being i, I got lost uh i took a i took left when i should have went right um added on a couple extra bonus miles and then uh i honestly got behind pretty early in the race and try to play catch up but i mean it was my first ultra too i was trying to figure it out as i I go but um so I definitely wanted to go back because experience and I, I loved the the outline of the race so I wanted to go back and see what I could do um taking the right time right turn this time <laughs> um and then when you saw Sarah Cummings at the start line again too because she I think also made the wrong turn that you did but ended up second yeah. Um, so when you see competition, like deep fields, like she was there, Devin was there. Um, oh, Kimber Maddox was there like a very deep fields. And there were at Bandera too. Does competition like that excite you? Or do you get a little anxious? Like, how are you handling it now? Yeah, a little bit of both, but mainly excited. Um, but I will say at a younger age, especially in high school, I mean, I, I was the complete opposite. Uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say how bad it was. I remember, um, and I, I was in a, a small school and smaller competition and, and races and things like that. But, uh, I mean, I would stress myself out so much, uh, getting to these bigger races and, and knowing that there was uh, good competition and, and I just, I just wanted to win out front and, um, I think uh, the the older I got and um, later on uh, through college and, and also, I mean, after I graduated, to me, it was, especially in the marathon, it was more about, you know, time and um, my own personal time. So I wanted the good competition there to push me. And, and uh, now at the ultras, uh, it's just, I, I see that as uh, the better the competition and the better that you place, uh, the more of an achievement that is to me, uh, to me going out and, uh, if the field isn't as stacked, you know, getting, getting first or second, um, it would still, you know, be exciting and, and I'd be happy about it, but in a stacked field, it, I just feel like it's such a bigger accomplishment. And, and also those people, those women are there to push you. And, and I mean, I feel like, uh, Sarah being up ahead and, and those, other amazing women behind me um, were pushing me right along to to keep going or who knows I mean I could have slowed up the pace a little bit or, or um, not felt that uh, that push from behind or that pull from uh, ahead and and ran a slower time um, so it excites me now to see that type of competition but that's been a big growth and um, a lot of work in that area. Did you think at JFK, were you running your own race or were you kind of trying to stay within, like stay around the competition to maintain position and race? I think at first I was, um, trying to maintain a position and, uh, just stay within, um, in the group. Uh, I know, uh, in the trail section, I, I was trying to, I was really focused on um, maintaining a position and I actually, uh, I fell pretty hard. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, I just kind of told myself, all right, I have to, I have to do the play. Um, I need to just take it easy. The kind of the rest of the trail section, um, the, that rocky part and make sure I make it to, um, the, uh, the crushed gravel or the canal section in one piece. And then I could, um, 
kind of do my thing on that portion of it. Um, but once I got, uh, to the, the flat straight, um, 26 ish miles, that's whenever I, I definitely had to run my own race. Yeah. I think, um, for people like us that are more like, we, we like to open it up on the flat section and we like to run. I feel like when I ran it, at least, um, I was like, I really just wanted to get through the AT. And then I was all like, yeah, uh, eight, uh, like this crushed gravel, it's going to be great. And that's, it's good for like 10 miles. And then after about 10 miles, you're like, this is the most boring thing I've ever had to do. And it's like, <laughs> if you, it's like, you really just want to will a hill just so that you can use a different muscle. Exactly. <laughs> like, honestly, the last, um, yeah, the last 10 miles of, of that section, I was just, just waiting and, and wanting those back roads so bad. And I, I think that's what kind of pushed me through it. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to feel better. Um, it, it's going to be a, a complete switch uh, of mindset. Once I get to those back roads, I just have to get through this, um, mind numbing almost section, uh, because it is fun at first, you know, and you, you get a, a stride out and, and pick it up a little bit, but man, after just staring ahead for, for quite a while, it's, uh, it gets pretty old pretty quick. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like, do you have any interest in doing those like track ultras? Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like, I, I mean, I love being on the track and, um, just the consistency and, um, the splits, but I like that for about a 10 K. I, I just, I don't know if I would have a great time, um, the longer it, it went on, but yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. I feel yeah, like a shot maybe. Yeah. It looks really like, it looks like a fun time, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could, I, I mean, I could, but I don't, I just don't know if that's something that I want to mentally give to myself. Like I probably, we probably could do it, but is that yeah. just like, should you do it even if you can? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not anything that, um, really excites me at this moment. Um, <laughs> it just, it doesn't sound as appealing as other things. Yeah. But I mean, that. permission to change, we can change whenever we want, Sarah. And you know what? Someday you and I will just, yeah. that, that track hundred miler. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chat the whole time. It'll be, yeah. 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 Have a lot. We'll contemplate a lot of life decisions in that moment. Um, oh, yeah, so exactly. both JFK and Bandera had deep women's fields. Um, and it was Bandera. Let's switch to talk to talk about that. That was your first hundred K. Um, it was my second hundred K. So, uh, I think I remember like running with you a little bit and I was like, yeah, we're kind of like hundred K babies. Yeah. Um, and so what was your strategy going into Bandera? Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to be up with, uh, the top group. Uh, I wanted to compete, um, not, uh, do anything taxing or, or crazy. I just, I wanted to, you know, be in that group and, uh, and try to hold on for as long as possible. Um, and just kind of honestly just tag along and, and see, see what I could do with that distance and that terrain and, and kind of, um, going off of JFK, I, I took a couple of days off and then trained through, uh, and that was, that was something different, um, to me as well. I usually, a big race like JFK, I usually take, 
um, at least a week off, but I trained through and I felt pretty good um, to a certain, ex you know, to up until that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of tag along and, and see what, what could happen. And, you know, it just, it didn't, especially in ultras. Um, so you plan to like be in race mode from the gun. Yeah, that, that was the plan at least, you know, um, but nothing, nothing crazy and, um, you know, no, uh, not taking any big chances or anything like that. Just, you know, being competitive from the start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were, I mean, you were in the, a train, like your train ahead of me, like you kept uh, there was like a group of you and you sort of kept like pulling away and then coming back. It was really like a push and pull there for the first 20 miles. Like, and I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I, nothing was like intentional. I just, you know, it was like, would really you guys in sometimes and then you'd pull away from me and then really you guys in sometimes and you pull away from me. Um, so like a yo-yo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I talked a lot. Like it was great. Um, yeah. so what, but ultimately, unfortunately you ended up DNFing at mile 50, which at the turnaround point, I remember when we were doing the lollipop loop and you were like right there. So honestly, the whole second half of the race, I didn't know what had happened like behind me. I don't to really turn around to look, but I just kept expecting like you to just, you know, be right there eventually. <laughs> um, and I guess fortunately, or well, unfortunately, like you had to, uh, I guess decided to stop. So what ended up happening, um, out there? So the, before the turnaround, um, the first, uh, you know, the first 50 K I, I being honest, I wasn't feeling exactly, um, 100%, uh, just, just felt a little off and, um, you know, thought maybe it wasn't exactly my day, but, uh, I've also definitely had those feelings and those thoughts in other races before. And, um, I, I tried to stay positive and kept telling myself that, you know, eventually I'm going to have, um, that second wind or, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I've got to feel better at least at some point. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, on that lollipop, um, section, I, I was feeling like quite a bit better. I, you know, I, I finally, what I was hoping for happened and, um, I got, I got pretty excited, um, and just, um, kind of went with it there, but, uh, silly me, I, I got a little too excited and the last aid station before, um, that seven, eight mile stretch where there wasn't any, uh, there weren't any aid stations. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just blew right through it. Uh, my parents were there grooming me and I kind of waved them off. I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm just going to go. And, uh, I, so I didn't get any extra fueling. And for uh, looking back, I actually went a couple hours without taking anything. And, um, it all, it all kind of happened super fast. Like I was feeling really good until I wasn't. And when I wasn't, um, everything hit super hard. It was a couple miles before the aid station where I did drop, uh, I, I started to feel really dizzy and just, uh, I, I felt super empty and, and very, very hungry. And whenever I started to feel dizzy, that's whenever it hit me that, oh, oh my gosh, I haven't, I haven't taken any nutrition in a really long time. Like, and I just, I just felt so stupid. I was like, what did I do? Like, this is an amateur, uh, move totally. Like, 
uh, hadn't taken anything. And uh, so I, I had, I think like a spring on like one spring on me and um, I took that and I'm like, I, I don't know if this is uh, going to do it. Like, I'm like, I have to get to the aid station as quick as possible to try to take something uh, to revive me. And um, I got to that aid station and I was so hungry. I, I think I ate like three of uh, those little peanut butter and jelly slices um, super quick. And uh, then I, I, you know, I took off thinking that, you know, I'll be fine uh, in just a little bit. And then I got the chills and I, I got even more dizzy. And I just, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can hold on for 12 more miles. And I, I've just never felt that before. Um, mm-hmm. never dropped out of a race. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a different feeling, and, um, than anything I'd ever experienced. Oh, well, no, that, well, that's too bad, but you know, it's, it, it's a DNF that like, you know, they have, I'm sure, you know, they happen to everybody and, um, yeah. it, it's not like it was like sabotage. It was pretty accidental. I mean, you were excited. And also I feel like sometimes, we can get away with things like that. Um, it's- and I have in the past that that's the, the problem <laughs> is I've got away with it uh, almost too much. Like JFK. I mean, uh, I, I think I may have had three spring um, the entire race, uh, which um, is probably pretty uh, minimum for, for what I should have had. Um, but I've, I've just, I've got away with it um, for too long that it was bound to happen. And, and, uh, I was pretty bummed afterwards. I mean, you know, anyone, um, really is after a DNF, but I, I feel like the takeaway from it, like after a couple of days and, and talking to some close friends, um, and my coach, like it, it was a big learning experience for me. And it's one of those things that just, it needed to happen. So I took things a little bit more seriously with the nutrition and, um, I, I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of things to work on, but, um, definitely a learning experience that I, I needed. Yeah. You, I mean, you learn so much when you blow up. Right. And oh, have you yeah. had any nutrition problems in the past? You just, do you just like not, does it just not go down or like what, what's going on? Um, so I, for a while, especially with marathons, I mean, I would go like an entire marathon without taking really anything, maybe a little bit of Gatorade, uh, and I was warned multiple times that that wasn't the smartest decision, but I got away with it. Um, you know, definitely had, uh, some bonking at the, uh, the end of, uh, some of the marathons, but, um, and there was, for a while I was having trouble finding something that I could keep down. Um, and then I found spring and I, I love spring. It's, it's the one thing that I can keep down. Um, but I, I think that, I don't know if too distracted or just, um, too nervous because I mean, I've taken in, um, some in training runs. Uh, but I think when I get past a certain point, like a past that three, I, I almost get nervous that, you know, something bad's going to happen with my stomach. So it, it's almost a fear. It's been a fear in the past that, that you know, don't take too much. Something bad's going to happen. Like you might this up. Um, when in reality, it's just, I need it. 
Yeah. And it gets easier with practice too. Like when I've started practicing in my long runs, like my stomach got more used to it. I think also I used to tell myself, like, I don't really like eating during, I'll just wait till after or whatever, but actually like after yeah. huge runs, I, the last thing I want to do is eat. So I was like, well, I hate eating afterwards. Might as well eat now during the race. <laughs> exactly. Um, cause uh, I, there's so many times where I, I call it and I think some people call it tempo tummy. Um, even if it's not a tempo, uh, I'm just not in the mood to eat anything after hard efforts or longer runs or longer races. Uh, so, and that prolongs my recovery. So what I've been learning is, you know, when you're fueling during, um, longer training runs or races, you're, you're already kickstarting your recovery process. Mm -hmm. So definitely learning, uh, always learning. I think everyone really is, no matter how long you've been doing ultras, you're always learning something new, um, and how your body reacts to certain things. And just everyone's different. Like some people can take in and need like a lot or a certain amount of, of, of a certain, you know, nutrients and others need more of something else. And it's just kind of a trial and error, but I've been learning. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to see like your next race and just like you pounding the, the, the grilled cheese, like all day or something. No, I'm done. I'm just kidding. But you know, it, it, it's uh, a no, puzzle. That would cause me a tummy ache. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. I like spring too. Um, they're, they're good gels, especially later in the race. Cause I feel like I eat so much sweet things. They're not as sweet, which is really nice. So yeah, it's good company. So good what company. are you, That's you mentioned that you signed up for something right after Bandera. So what are you training for? Uh, so I am doing Lake Sonoma, uh, April 9th, um, the 50 miler. And, uh, after that, there's a, a, things are a little bit up in the air, but, um, I am planning at some point in 2022 to do my first hundred miler. Mm. That'll be really Still fun. Don't know yet, but yeah. Um, but I also have a lot to work on, um, with nutrition. And so that's kind of what I've been focusing on, um, my longer runs and, and things like that. And even leading up uh, to this 50 miler. Well, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's wonderful. Do you have any, uh, races that you're looking at, uh, for the hundred miler? Yeah. Uh, I think it, bighorn, um, is what I am on the wait list. Wow. Um, that's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if, if others fall through or I'm not able to get off the wait list of, of certain races, um, Mohican 100, that's basically in my backyard. Um, you know, it's close to home and it might just be a great first hundred miler to do where I have, uh, a lot of support and crewing and, and pacers. So that's, uh, that's always another option too. Cool. Well, I am looking forward to watching this because, you know, it's, I love, I enjoyed watching you run from behind at Bandera for the couple miles that we did. And, um, for a little bit and then, you yeah, were, you know, yeah. Um, took off and you look like a pro, like you knew exactly what you were doing. I was just like, oh, this is crazy. This is awesome. And I just love all the new faces too. Like, I feel like, uh, there were a lot of it, the, the fields keep getting deeper, but there are new faces and it's really great to see. So I'm really excited oh, yeah. to continue to watch your journey. Well, thank you. You too. I'm excited uh, for your Western States journey. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I got a couple questions left. Um, yeah. So if I gave you $100 right now, how would you spend it? 
Ooh, um, this is, uh, I'm going to sound so lazy. Um, but I think if I have, if I had a hundred dollars right now, I feel like I would have a, a pretty wild, uh, um, just a bunch of food, maybe from a couple of different places The Uber uh, eats driver pretty hungry right now, but Sometimes just uh, after a long day of work and running, you just, you don't want to make food and you want someone to just drop it right off at your door. Oh no. I love that. Sometimes you just need it. Yeah. So if you, if you had the choice to know the trajectory of your running career, would you want to know it or would you want to figure it out as it comes? Um, I feel like I would definitely want to just figure it out as it comes, because if I knew what's my peak performance and what my maximum capability um, was. I feel like once I hit that, the motivation to keep going um, and to keep digging further, it just, it would be hard to find. Like, even if I I reach, you know, my max, uh, maximum uh, efforts, you know, in a year or so, I don't want to know that. I want to keep, keep going and, and just, you know, uh, trying to, to fight the fight and, and, um, see if I can go further. And I just think it's fun. Um, kind of that a little bit of the unknown. Yeah, me too. I feel the same way. All right. Last game. We're going to play a little game called ideal aid station. Are you ready? Okay. So you're coming into, you know, mile 70, a big horn, and this aid station has everything you need to just get you through the last 30 miles. So, um, what sweet snack is going to be there for you? Um, Twizzlers. Okay. What salty snack? Uh, just classic potato chips. Nice. Nice. How about hot food? Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe like pierogies or like mashed That's potatoes. the correct answer. I'm bringing those to Western. Yeah. I will need those like a lot. Pierogies? Yes. Or mashed um, I've I'm obsessed with pierogies lately. They're um, so that's good. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, they're very, no, very well, good. Well, Rochester, where I'm currently living right now, um, they have this thing called the pierogi guy. And they're just like the best pierogies ever, except for like you get 12 in a bag and the bag is $8. So I really have to like be careful about that. Like that's what I'd spend my $100 on. Um, but <laughs> that's they're awesome. so good. I changed my answer on the, uh, the $100. I changed it to <laughs> pierogies. $100 of pierogies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like uh, a favorite a sports drink. Um. <laughs> I mean, I think classic, it would a Gatorade, like the, the light purple Gatorade. Oh, that's a good, good flavor. Um, yeah. non-sports drink. Um, uh, or alcoholic beverages included. Sure. <laughs> it's a, a mystic mama from Jackie O's. Uh, it's my favorite, um, IPA ever. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll remember that for your first hundred yeah. miler show up oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, piece of gear. Um, I'd say, yeah, I, I love my, uh, my Hoka's, um, oh yeah. Like a new pair. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. A fresh pair, uh, no dirt on it yet. Perfect. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Like running on clouds. Exactly. And then, uh, this is an, this is, uh, 
so it can't be somebody that, you know, uh, so you're coming into the aid station and, um, there's a celebrity there to meet you and let's just assume they can run with you. Like they don't have to be able to actually do it. They could be dead or alive. Um, but it can't be like your family or your boyfriend or whatever. Um, so a celebrity to meet you at the aid station, maybe give you some words of wisdom, maybe run a little bit with you. Who would you pick? I Betty White. Yes. Maybe she'd give you a Snickers. Oh yeah. Ah, that's, that's such a good answer. I love her rest in peace. I know. So thank you so much for joining me tonight, Sarah. Um, where can people find you on, uh, on the socials? I am on Instagram, um, and Strava, of course. Uh, I recently changed my Instagram handle. I think it's my first name and then my last name spelled backwards or something like that or Sarah Beal on Instagram all right well we'll put it in the show notes so people can just click through awesome thank you so much for having me yeah thanks Sarah this was great yeah listening to this episode of voices from the collective you can find me on instagram and twitter at gazelli and you can find the trails collective on instagram twitter and facebook and um i want to sort of give a little plug for our patreon um our patreon page i guess you would say um we're gonna do a little bit of revamping of that in the coming few weeks and it would really mean a lot to us if you considered throwing a couple dollars in our hat uh it really does help uh what we're doing here and if you like this content if you like what's going on on the east coast if you want to support east coast runners and support yourself uh please consider joining our patreon group and look for some new stuff coming out in the next couple months and uh, be well guys stay warm and I'll catch you next time